Hi, this is Frank, the co-host of the show. Just a quick advertisement and we'll get started. The show is brought to you by Viral Marketing, which is my firm, and Chris Waters, who offers a way to scale his real estate team systems fast and profitably in your market. I mean, he's done over a thousand transactions a year in Austin. It's a business in a box, if you will. Anyway, I encourage you to go to getviral.com and download a free copy of our official video marketing plan that we recommend uh, you implement to stay in better touch with your database uh, using video and social media and email so more people call you to list their home. I also want you to go to themilliondollarrealestateteam.com and get yourself a free copy of Chris's book he wrote on how he earned after expenses, this is net profit, $1 million in only three years since starting his team. So that's it. No more commercial. And let's get to the show. One, two, three, go. All right, do it. The Listing Lead Show. So welcome, everyone, back to The Listing Lead Show, where it's uh, your co-host, Frank Klesitz with Chris Waters, where we dive really deep on what's working to get listings right now. As we all know, at the time of this podcast, uh, listing inventory in the spring market is very low. There's not very many homes for sale, at least sitting on the market. So the question is, how do you get those listings? Well, you are tuned into the right show, the listing lead show, right, Chris? That's right. Okay. Big day. We've got a big guest on the show today. We do have a big guest. So you're going to meet Sue Adler. I'm going to introduce her to you right now. Uh, sold about 4,000 homes in her career in North New Jersey. Woo! Yeah, a lot of a lot of people from Manhattan that buy a house out in uh, her area in Short Hills, New Jersey. 110 listings last year, uh, 5.2 million GCI. And uh, you're going to learn a really cool strategy today around the idea of holding seller workshops uh, as one of our main lead, listing lead generation strategies. Before I put words into her mouth, uh, Sue, how I like to start every show is getting right to the point. Say hi and tell us the top three ways that you generate listings right now. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Frank. Um, So how do we generate listings? Well, the workshops are certainly one way. Um, We also have four ISAs and they, all they do is make phone calls. We have, our ISAs are actually outgoing call. They're, they make calls to homeowners on behalf of our buyers. So we have this Slack channel and whenever we have buyers who are looking for a house and we have them under buyer agency agreement, we then will start making calls on their behalf and um, the ISAs make over a hundred phone calls a day each. So um, we just build our pipeline through that, through the um, workshops. Um, and we've had over a thousand people through our workshops at this point. And we also send out neighborhood letters to find homes for our buyers before they hit the market. So um, I would say those are the top three ways we're getting listings. And well, I mean, aside from past clients. So the number one way is still first and foremost, um, our client has clients referrals. God, I'm just making notes here. Okay. Okay. Looks like you're writing. I am. I am, I am too. <laughs> so let me, let me repeat this. So you have, you have inside sales reps that are doing outbound prospecting using the attributes of the buyers that are currently searching for homes. Yep. You have, um, uh, a letter that goes out to a neighborhood. This is attracting a uh, prospective seller. Is that mm-hmm. it? Yep. And, and, um, uh, what was the third one? ISA negative, uh, the neighborhood letter. Yeah. They're the neighborhood letters and the ISAs are basically doing the same thing. One is hitting by mail and one is hitting by phone call. So okay. that's pretty much the same thing. And then what was the third one? Um, workshops. Workshops. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and past said, clients. Yeah. You said you've had a thousand people through your we workshop. Over a thousand people over at this thousand. point. Wow. Yep. Let's I mean, since we started one. doing those since we've had, yeah, since we, and that, that's basically your listing pipeline. So we're going to talk about today, past clients and referrals, neighborhood letters, which it sounds like you're leveraging the fact that you have a buyer in that messaging. That's unique. Let's talk about that. We're going to talk about cold calling. Um, Again, leveraging the fact that you have buyers under an agency contract, which sounds very unique with the messaging there. That's a unique thing. So It is. I thought everyone did it. No, they don't. (laughs) And then the big one, which is probably just really interesting, is the fact that you brought a thousand people into your seller workshops, a seller workshop. Yeah. So let's start. Uh, let's start the show right there. So, uh, how long have you been doing these? Oh, Frank, you know the answer to that. You helped me with those. <laughs> I did. Uh, Sue actually came on down to San Diego. We hung out for a half day. Yeah. And what was your uh, What was your pain point when you came down that you wanted to work on? 
Well, I always knew I wanted to do the workshops, but I had this fear that nobody would show up. And you're the master marketer. So I thought, well, I'm going to go to the expert on this. And um, you really helped me just come up with the message that I needed to get out there. And also you said, um, just make it a part of your DNA. And then as soon as you said that, I knew exactly what to do. And then on the plane ride home, I basically built out the entire program. And then the follow-up program, which is the most important part of this, because it becomes a lot of these people are, some are ready right away, but I would say the majority are about 18 months out. So you really have to have a good follow-up program for this to work. And um, so the pain points were, we didn't have enough listings and how one of it, so just to back up a little bit. So our, what we stand for as a team um, is how do we give our clients the edge, right? And how do we give ourselves the edge? So the edge is E-D-G-E, empower our clients through education so that they can make the best decision for their families. So the workshops really fall into that in terms of empowering them through education. Um, then the D is delivering on our promises, saying, doing what we say we're going to do, okay? The G is giving back to our communities and also giving everything of ourselves to our clients. And the E is earning earning their trust, earning their future business. Um, and we do that by delivering on our promises. So that's really what our team stands for. And so everything that we do is congruent with that. Um, and that's, a, that's all in a nutshell. So that's how it all started with so we figured it would be a good idea to start teach around that mission mm-hmm. to start start teaching a very educated market in North New Jersey. Yeah. Why don't you just explain everyone, you know, the unique tell us tell us about the market that you serve in North Jersey. Okay, so we are um so I handle the train line towns that go directly into Manhattan. So if you look at the train, it's um, South Orange, Maplewood, Milburn, Short Hill, Summit, Chatham, Madison, if you're familiar uh, with the towns at all. But um, a lot of people who live on Wall, who work on Wall Street, and um, it's a very educated community for sure. We also realized from the workshops that m- most of the people who are attending the workshops in our market anyway are people who have not sold a home in 20 plus years. So once we realize that, we really gear the workshop towards how we can help them through their pain points. And, you know, they're, some of these people are just stuck. They haven't, they've been wanting to move, but they don't even know how to start the process. And they have so much stuff. How do you get rid of your years of accumulated stuff? Um, So many repairs to make. Do I have to make these repairs before putting the house on the market? So we get into a lot of stuff with the pre-inspection Sometimes it makes sense to sell your house and as is condition and don't worry about that. So these are the kind of things that we talk about at the workshop um, and just address their pain points. Did you have the fear that if you were to hold a seminar on basically how to sell your home, which I'll ask you more questions on how that's structured, that in such an educated market, you know, that nobody would show up? I mean, I just, you just said yes. Well, I did until I realized that. Yeah, I did until I realized what the program would be. But we also get into so we start out. Um, it's, it's we start out by talking about um, the uh, just getting your house ready. Then we get into um, the staging, and we show before and after photos, the photography, the marketing, um, and we really kind of walk them through everything. But then, in terms of the educate, people want to know. They're very these are numbers people. They you know. They know, they know their numbers. So we always have a lot of stats for people uh, updated every week. So we show that on the, we show that on there as well. And then afterwards we send in a follow-up email with their specific town stats because um, we're doing workshops that are geared towards one town each week and we switch the towns, but then we also do sort of this catch-all of all the towns. So depending upon, since we have their addresses ahead of time, uh, we will, we'll send them the market stats on their town as well. Wow. So, so, much to, so much to unpack here. Okay. So you're doing one workshop a week. A we're doing one of, or two. Sometimes one or two. two. Wow. How many people are at each workshop? Um, last night was probably one of the worst we had. We only had three people last night. Um, How many people on average? Tip, but typically we have anywhere from three to 40. 
But on average, I would say about 20. How much, um, where do you spend money and how much do you spend to get people to show up? Um, I don't have those numbers in front of me, uh, but I look at it as part of the overall plan because when the ISAs are making their calls, if these are people who aren't ready yet, we just make sure that I, the ISAs know to have people come to the workshop. So it's so many different ways that it's not that we're, and we do mailings, but even if we're doing a mailing on something with the mark, like a market stats mailing, it'll still have the workshop on there. So when Frank said, make it part of your DNA, we're really making it part of everything that we do. So there are other messages that are going out, but then the workshop is always included in that. So I can't say how much we spend specifically on that workshop, but we do send out, like when we're doing the neighborhood letters, we'll include a flyer for the workshop. So we'll, we always are strategic about, okay, let's send the neighborhood letter to this town because the workshop for that town is coming up that following week. So we are very strategic with our marketing calendar in um, making sure that we're sending out the neighborhood letters for specific buyers right before, so they'll hit right before that workshop would be. So this is incredible. That's an interesting point uh, Frank brings up. I remember when you told me about this several years ago when we were in San Diego for a mastermind, you were telling me, you know, you were doing these workshops and it was very successful. And you also told me your average I hadn't sales started price. them yet. I had not started oh, had... the workshops then. Okay. It was just an idea then. Ah, okay. Yeah. Well, I, I remember, I, I, you know, I remember you telling me about it. And um, I guess I, I as French, as uh, Frank mentioned earlier, um, you know, I'd be concerned if super wealthy people would show up because the average sales price. In 100%. Your, is like, oh, that's, no, that's no, the no. biggest, that's the biggest limit oh, to belief. So no, okay. So, um, I mean, I've listed $3 million homes from the workshop and I've listed five, $600,000 homes from the workshop. You know, it just depends. Each town is a different price range, but I also, we also have done luxury workshops, you know, just luxury specific. Um, but one of the things that I do is, uh, I make sure that I know I always have my admin when they're putting together the spreadsheet of who's attending the workshop, they go on to Zillow and they'll just check the estimates for these houses because I want to know um, when I'm pulling up my marketing examples, I always have tabs up on my computer and I'm always switching it up. I want to make sure that we are speaking to the right audience. Like I never want to have these luxury videos up if, if most of the people in that workshop are going to be like first, you know, entry level homes that they're selling. Smart. I love, here's a couple things. I have so many questions and the audience wants to know so many things. I will ask them all. Do not worry as you listen. <laughs> so you're doing one a week. So clearly this worked for you and you scaled it up. Yeah. Okay. So that's clear. Now, how many towns do you have on your rotation list that you do workshops in? Um, I guess seven or eight. And it's also expanding. Like we're, when we want to expand it to different towns, we're just throwing in workshops and we then expanded to that town. Like we, um, it used to be that Westfield was one of our secondary towns. We had 40 people in that workshop. So, um, and once you have a few successes and you could show those as examples, it's, it's really easy to break into these markets. I have to tell you. Got it. So let's talk about this. So you, you pick a, you pick an area of town, you pick a district. You pick, mm -hmm. for, for you in your Jersey, is it really even a city? No, it's there, there are towns. There, there are towns. towns. Like yeah, how many I mean, people every... for the audience nationally, um, how many people are in a town? Oh, oh God, I don't know. How but many there, homeowners? There, I could just tell you distance wise. It's distance wise. It's probably about, um, I never have to travel more than 20 minutes. Okay. So these yeah. are little small yeah. towns in Jersey. They're small to... towns. Yeah. yeah. They're all small train line towns, five minutes, 10 minutes from each other. Okay. So for people in other markets, but it's probably more of like a district or an area or a large neighborhood yeah. of the city. And you decide to throw a seller workshop. And why don't you articulate on the registration page where someone goes to register for this workshop? I'm assuming mm -hmm. they get the they get the direct mail piece, they get the phone call, and you tell them to go somewhere to register online. Mm -hmm. uh, just give me a articulate what the promo copy says on that page for us. Um, oh gosh, I don't remember. Off the top of your head, you know, like what, yeah, what, I mean, it's, what does it say? Like, what's the, Hey, like, register like, now for the home selling workshop. And hold, on. To... hold on. Let me pull it up. I did a video, Frank. 
<laughs> Hold on, let me pull something up here. I have to. Because if you're going to do a workshop, you have to set a date, you have to set a time. We'll get into it's virtual or in person and where you I set have it. people who do this stuff for me. You're asking me things that I don't do. <laughs> yeah, but someone goes there and they register. I'm assuming okay. it's, as you find this, yeah. I'm assuming it's free, right? So we call it, we call it a virtual home, home selling slash prep slash, slash staging workshop. Um, and basically... Does this sound like you? Were you thinking of uh, selling this year, but unsure now due to COVID? Are you concerned about a home inspection? Unsure of what repairs to make, if any? Um, do you have years of accumulated stuff that you don't know what to do with? So we ask the questions that we know our market has concerns about. And then, um, then we talk about what you can expect to learn. And, um, and basically, we kind of go through what the program is going to be. And then we have just the different towns that they can register and the different dates. How many workshops do you have live that someone can register for at a time? Like how many do you have going on the so workshop page? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right now, eight. For like the next eight weeks? Um, it's from April 5th to May 3rd. We just had one last night. So. Wow. Okay. And then I'm just curious again, just the marketer in me, what question, it's a, it's a free ticket. And mm -hmm. what questions do you ask in order to be able to actually get the ticket? What are the, what are the, what do you ask as far as information? Oh, so um, we get their, their email addresses, their phone numbers, um, their address. We want to know where they live. The home address. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that was it. I don't remember. I think that okay. might be it. So and they write, I, then, go ahead, Chris. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm like, I'm just thinking about this from like, 10,000 foot view, like the three kind of dominoes you got to knock down is first, you need to get the traffic, you need to get people to actually show up. Mm -hmm. And so you've integrated the webinar, uh, the messaging and everything you do from the neighborhood mailer, you've got a call to action for people to sign up. I'm assuming Facebook ads, email blasts or inside sales reps are on the phone, mm -hmm. probably a sign up place on your website. So that's where you're driving a lot of the, um, uh, the traffic. And then the second component of this is the actual content, having something, something substantive that people are going to stick around and listen to. Um, the last piece I'm curious about, uh, once you get them there and you're giving them engaging content, um, what's the call to action or the next step to get them to sign a listing agreement? Yeah. So um, as we, well, while we're in their workshop, it's interactive. So it's a zoom meeting and um, we, if there are not a lot of people on it, we don't do a breakout session, but if we are, we'll do a breakout session where we can ask specific questions. And also Chris, who is my transaction manager, he will be on answering questions about pre-inspection and repairs. So through the whole thing, we're always saying, um, you know, that's, that's really something that we have to discuss offline. Um, and this is, we're speaking generally tonight. But the next step will be to have an in-home consultation and we will follow up with you. We always say we'll follow up with you tomorrow and you'll be getting a call from us tomorrow and we will go through your specific needs. Um, but the whole point of tonight is for you to walk away with a plan. And so tomorrow we'll, we'll come up, we'll help you come up with your plan so that you're on track and can move forward. And that's, that's basically what this is all about. So and you're um, doing all these on zoom. You just sit at home and all these sellers hop on a zoom meeting. Yeah. And we have people standing by because a lot of these people are older and they are technically challenged. So we definitely had, you would definitely want to have people standing by for that. So let me get I mean, this all straight. My, all mean, my listings are on zoom now too. I mean, <laughs> I pretty much, I, well, I go see a house or my listing agents will go see a house, but the presentations now are all on zoom. This is game changing. You're instead of you running around doing all these individual listing presentations where no one's really yeah. met you yet, really. I mean, they see you in line, but they haven't met you. You're now just making the rounds to all these towns on Zoom with all these Pretty sellers much. sitting on there from home, it's, yeah, doing your presentation. And well, then you send one of your listing agents out for probably the initial review of the house. And then they get on a Zoom meeting with you to close this listing contract. Yeah. Look, if it's a high end, it's going to be me handling it. Um, or I would say the mid. I would say the 1.5 and up range would most likely be me handling it. I mean, that in our market, our average price is about 1.2. Um, I have great listing agents on my team and 
um, people say they want to like see my face or whatever. I'm involved in they, when they see the marketing and they, they, they hear me and see me and I'm on there for an hour and a half. That's really enough because then they know what we do as a team. And my listing agents are also on there. So they're talking too. So I'll always make sure that Lori and Amy and Melissa are on there adding their two cents to different things and tell the story, you know, about this house or whatever it is. So they're involved in it. So they really met all of us. This is great. Okay. So you schedule, how long is the workshop? An hour and a half. So it's an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. It's a, a Zoom meeting link and someone goes and registers. You set it up and someone registers. You could probably use a service like Eventbrite to set it up where they yep. register. And then you just invite them into the Zoom meeting. I understand mm -hmm. that. And then you do your you do your seller workshop presentation, which just go a little, spend a little bit of time deeper on that. Um, just go through the standard outline of how you handle the hour and a half for our listeners. Okay, um, here we go. We got 40 people on a Zoom webinar. Go, Sue. What's the outline? So um, I'm going to pull it up right here so I can see it in front of me. So basically, um, I kind of develop rapport with them before we before we start, you know, just ask them how long have they been in their homes, their time frame for moving, kind of just set the stage for it to be very interactive so that it doesn't feel like a presentation. So I would say the first five, 10 minutes, we're just talking. You know, just warming it's a them all Zoom up. meeting, so it is interactive, not like a one-to-many faceless webinar. Exactly. I we Got did it. one on a webinar and it was horrible. Like it was horrible. I hated it. I felt like I was talking to myself, and most of these people don't know how to use the chat boxes, or oh, it just did not work. Yeah. So, um, and then I get in. I introduce everybody to the team members. Talk a little bit about, um. Let's see. Oh, I, okay. Basically the, the outline is the four main factors are the condition, the marketing, the market conditions, and the pricing strategy. So we just dive deep into the four of those. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris gets on, I interview him about the pre-inspection. Who's Chris? Chris is my transaction manager. So we have a home inspection negotiator on our team. And he's basically like um, project manager meets psychologist, I would say. Nice. <laughs> okay. All right, keep going. Um, then, you know, everything on our team, we have, I'm kind of a nut when it comes to quality control. So we have an in-house photographer. My husband's a professional photographer. So I grabbed him, pulled him away from his old job, and now he's working full-time on the team. Um, we have um, a writer, so all the brochures. So, I mean, we're taking people through our, all of our listings and what we're doing. We have a digital showcase on every listing. So we're showing people the digital showcase and what we're doing. Um, before and after, we do a lot of expired listings. So we're showing the before and afters with previous realtors and ours because there's a huge difference, like if painting paneling and painting kitchen cabinets and not stage versus stage. So just showing them before and afters really makes a difference because otherwise they don't understand why, why they have to paint their beautiful wood paneling or their pink tile in their bathroom, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so they get it. And then, then by the time our agent goes out to their house, they understand it's not, they don't take it as personally. I mean, that's the easiest way to put it. They, it's easier for them to put their buyer hat on at that point instead of being so emotionally connected to their house. And they're just kind of ready to hear what has to be done. At the end of this, I'm assuming everyone takes an appointment. So What's the conversion rate from an attendee to someone actually saying, come on to my house, let's talk? So I would say um, it, that's it, and it, it depends on how how far along they are. But if they're ready to go, if, if they're planning on moving at some time this year or this season, um, that that's almost 100%. But if they're like a year or two out, um, we, we usually will go for it. They may not be ready, but we stay in touch because we have programs that we have our follow-up program to stay in touch. So that becomes our pipeline. I mean, I started this in 2019. I think it was January 2019 that we started this. And some of those, some of those people were now listing. So. 
And you've had a thousand people actually show up at these workshops. Over a thousand at this point. Now you were originally doing these in person. So you'd actually have people come to like the library, I believe. Yeah. And you would market, you hold it a library for really cheap space. Yeah. And you would invite everyone around there to come out to the library and you would do it in person. But I'm assuming with COVID, you Mm -hmm. switched that to Zoom. Have you Mm -hmm. noticed a difference? Is there an issue? Are you going to go back to in-person? What are your thoughts on that? Um, We could go back to in-person, but, and maybe we'll do a mixture at some point, but I mean, this is working really well and it's so much easier for my staff because it's a lot to have Chris, you know, come on at night and it's just a lot easier for us in terms of leveraging our time. So I don't find it necessary, honestly. I mean, we could, but it's something we haven't even discussed. Sue, the fact that I just want everyone, I mean, everyone's hearing this, but you're in such an affluent market, an educated market, such a high price point. And you consistently have a system to get people to register for a free ticket to a seller workshop specific to their their town, where you give a wonderful, very specific, relevant presentation that you book listing points off of. I would just assume, I mean, I just have to ask this because of the process of how you're positioned before the appointment through the workshop, you don't likely get a lot of, I don't know, what's your price pressure on commissions? Do you deal with that much through this process? No, not really. I mean, it's no different. We, um, no, I mean, there, we haven't, we haven't found that now. Um, I would say, because we're building, we're showing the value. You really yeah, are you showing are. value. Yeah. So, and even if we're higher, it doesn't matter. Like I'm not going to discount my commission. Yeah. That's so. a different conversation. But for yeah. the most part, you're positioned very well. So I know what yeah. Chris is just um, salivating. <laughs> I, get, I can feel, I can feel it, Chris. Of uh, the next questions we want to go into is well, what me, is the strategy to get people to register for the workshop? Uh, no, no, I want to, I want to get a little context around <clears throat> what are you doing from a brand awareness or marketing perspective? You know, like, is there anything you're doing from a mass media perspective, for example, where if your inside sales reps are on the phone or if they get a letter from you, like they see your name and they're like, Oh my God, this is Sue Adler. Like she's got her own radio show. I've seen her on TV. Oh know. no, nothing like that. I don't okay. do that stuff. So you, so you don't do any mass media. Um, no. It's and so it's purely from your the reputation you built in the community. That's the that's the brand equity you've built. I guess. I mean, people sit, when you ask how they heard about us, they can't even tell you sometimes because it's so so many different ways. Whether it's just listed, just sold postcards. We do a ton of mailings. It could be the ISAs. It could be online. It could be on Zillow. We do a lot of listings, but we definitely are one of the top listers in the area. And we're number one in this in the state of New Jersey. So we have we have pretty strong market share in off, our towns. Off topic a little bit. Um, just like coming soon, just listed, pending, sold postcards. You've been sending those out and you feel like they're still effective today, at, up, even today? Yeah, it's top, it's top of mind. Yeah. And in all of our just sold postcards, we have the workshop in there. And that's, and that's what I'm going to get into is that you've, you said this in the, on your plane ride home. And we talked about this when you were down here is like, you never stop promoting the events. The the events are just something that has worked into all of your messaging yeah. pinned onto it where it's always going. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's go into that. Now, this is the fun part uh, for someone listening. You schedule yourself an hour and a half. Is there an ideal time or day of the week? So you'd recommend. Um. When we were doing them, when we were doing them in the libraries, we were doing some Saturday mornings. But um, we found now that we we haven't been doing the weekends, so we're doing weeknights from seven to nine, seven to eight thirty, okay. and um, it varies. I mean, the nights vary depending upon our availability, honestly. So, so you set yourself up with uh, an evening on your calendar. You yeah. Make sure you have Zoom for a meeting link that can have twenty five or more employee uh, people you have to pay for. You then uh, set it yourself up with a registration page. You can use whatever you want, something like mm-hmm. Eventbrite. Sue gave you the idea for the opt-in and what you put on the page. Now, no one knows about it, but you're going to hold this event. Now it's, okay, how do we get people here? <laughs> so let's talk about some of the strategies. The first thing you said is you send out mailers in the town. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you pull the list? What's the criteria for who gets oh, a I, mail piece to uh, get invited? Um, that you have to ask my marketing person. I so when you get into some of these technical questions about like the details, that is not me. 
So you, I don't your your inside sales rep are they using a dialer to make outbound prospecting? Yes, they do. They use Mojo. Have you guys noticed that the contact rates have dropped substantially with Mojo? I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. Are, are, do you know if they are? They, well, are they I know like, what I know, but I don't know what everyone you know. <laughs> yeah. Are they doing? Um, are they like you know in Mojo you can draw a circle around a neighborhood and it'll yeah. extract land lines? Is that what they're doing? Probably. Or do they have a third party um, source? You don't know. I just. <laughs> That's I have I have a COO who handles all that stuff. So you can talk to Scott about that. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're highly leveraged. I love it. Mm-hmm. It's great. But um, roughly, how many letters do you send before workshop? Um, no, <laughs> to a town. Um, yeah, are know. you mailing the whole town? I mean, I, I well, mean, like no, ten thousand letters. Like, what's the? No, um, I don't know how many. I'm so sorry. I, it's okay. I should have had Scott on here. Well, I would assume from what you're telling me is you send a personal letter yeah. that says, hey, you know, I want to let you know I have all these buyers because you're very, you do a very good job of marketing the fact that you have buyers. Mm-hmm. I have all these buyers call yes. me. They're looking for a place. Maybe here's a little bit about them. Right. Here's what they're looking to do. I have buyers. I can make it very easy for your home sale, probably yes. on like the cover page. And then there's a second page in there. I would just assume this is what I would do. Yes, exactly. Of, oh, by the way. There's yeah. this big workshop at this date, this time, specific to this community. Yeah. Here's what you're going to learn. Please go to this website address and it's a free ticket, you know, exactly. um, and go register. Yep. That's exactly. what I would send. And yep, that's for me, I don't mm-hmm. know what you do, but what I'd throw in there is I would pick all homeowners that have probably lived in their home for what, 15 years? Oh, yes. We do years? that. We definitely do limit that. Yes. So you, I put a floor on it. I'd say, I don't know. You said 20 years. Mm-hmm. Sure. 20 years. Everyone mm-hmm. in the town. I'd size the market saying I would use a service like coal information, uh, maybe uh, inside your MLS, maybe in your MLS, you have a service like Remine or Realist. Mm-hmm. There's other third-party services like PropStream and Property Radar. I would just draw a circle around the town with the zip mm-hmm. codes and say every single family homeowner, maybe even condos we're at that have been lived in for 20 years. Um, yeah. And figure yeah. out and the I know size we of the do. market. And if you yeah. can afford it, you mail it all, right? Yeah. I think we do 10, 15 years as a minimum. I think 10 or 15 years as, the, yeah. as long as leather. Yeah. I think we do. That sounds good. Great. Sounds good I, to me. I'm taking <laughs> a lot of notes. I feel like more of a listener on this show today than, than a host. Well, Sue, Sue did come down here and we talked about this. So I kind of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, no, it's, it's, um, this is great. Um, I think what's so key here is the messaging is so niche to the mar- the district or area or in case, yeah. Sue's case township yeah. that so, she's mailing into. And the, the thing is, I mean, in New Jersey, in my area, so this isn't going to work for every market, my messaging. So you think about your own markets, the, the listeners should definitely not just focus on that because I mean, we have so many downsizers who are leaving New Jersey because of the taxes. People stay here for the schools. And once their kids graduate, they're out of New Jersey. They're, it's very expensive to live here and the taxes are really high. So um, we have a lot of people who have, they've just been stuck and they just want to downsize at this point. And, and it's, it's a great time for them to be opportunistic because the market is so strong here. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm, I'm actually originally from Long Branch. I was born oh, okay. in Jersey. I did not know the stone that. pony and the, <laughs> the, the beach and everything. And uh, my, parents, my, yeah, my parents got out. And yeah. I moved to Omaha, Nebraska when I was four. <laughs> and then uh, I stayed in Omaha. And then I turned 27. I got out. And, and then you were out of there. <laughs> yes. I don't blame you. So this is very interesting. I love, I just love, the, just again, I don't know what you're doing, but I'm hearing the principles. Yeah. It sounds to me, it's a letter. The first page is introducing yourself saying, I have buyers. I can help you. Please call me. And you tell the story of the buyers in that specific area. Mm-hmm. And the second page is, oh, by the way, here's this very specific workshop to exactly what I'm mailing to, to help you understand all of your options, I think is the key. Yep. We'll understand all of your options mm-hmm. and uh, come and attend with some testimonials, what other homeowners have said with a link, with a call to action to your website and yeah. you figure out how big that market is and you mail as much as you can afford. Yeah, right? exactly. And then you have your, um, the important part is keeping a really good follow-up plan going and making sure that people are really on that because you don't, if you have- After they speak, register. I mean, no, no, I'm talking about after the workshops. Correct. Because you're yeah, also after they gonna, come to the workshop, yes. Yes. And you also have your no-shows. There are a lot of no-shows. So we had much more, um, we had 
much higher attendance, I would say, uh, when we were doing them in person. And yeah. a lot of times people just don't show up online, but we make sure we're following up with phone calls and either getting getting them into a different workshop or having the in-person consultation. It's like any other seller lead. I, I, exactly. I, think, I think I said, Sue, it's like the workshop isn't even that important. It's the fact yeah. that they registered for one. That's exactly right. And treat that lead as such. Now, quick question, maybe you don't know the answer to. Do you mail just once? Are you mailing twice? Are you mailing three times? How many drops are you doing leading up to a workshop that week in that town? Um, I think we're doing one for one per one, actually one mailing per workshop, but it, but actually, okay. no, it's different because there could be just sold postcards that went out. There could be neighborhood letters that went out. There could have been a market, which we're going to get to Got yeah, it. Market report. There could have been, yeah. so it's a lot of different things. There could, the ISAs could have been calling also just the whole town. So even if a neighborhood letter went out to one specific neighborhood or a couple different neighborhoods, we're still hitting everybody with the ISAs and we're hitting everybody with, it could be, I mean, just various ways. So we well, let's talk about that next. So yeah. clearly we set the date and the time of the workshop for that specific area. Mm-hmm. We grab all the property owners that meet the criteria we talked about. We send them a two-page letter, one yep. with I have the buyers and here's the workshop. Hopefully they go online and register. Mm-hmm. But that same list that you mailed, you also send it over to some callers yep. with appended mm-hmm. phone numbers to start calling. Mm-hmm. And who are they? How many dials do they make? What do they say? Let's now so, dive into like the second pillar is you have a team of four cold callers outbound mm-hmm. calling homeowners. Yeah. Well. And they they may be calling um, where the letters were mailed, but they also are probably just calling an entire town, telling them about, telling Workshop. them about, yeah. Plus yeah. they have their whole list from that town that they've already been in touch with. So they're calling all the nurtures as well to remind them to come to the workshop. That's great. So, so um, where are they in the States? Are they foreign? No, they're in, they're in the States. They're local. I want them to be able to talk about the towns. Um, They, they, you know, if you look at strength finders, I don't know if you're familiar with strength finders, but their number one is their number one strength is woo. W-O-O, win, That's a win, Gallup win over thing, others. It? It's win, o- <laughs> win over others. Yeah. And that's what they're great at. So they're really good at just initially developing those conversations, you know, developing the rapport. Um, and and they Are get all people- four of them pounding phones eight hours a day? Pretty much, yeah. How do you pay your ISAs, Suze? Um, so they, they get um, a, a small salary- Plus, um, it depends if it's a if it's a cold call versus a nurture because they're also in our database doing the nurtures. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact percentages. Scott can answer that. Um, but we have a lead ISA who makes an override also on what the other ISAs are making. She's yeah. And what does someone take that job? That seems like a rough job. Oh, they and, love it. And it seems like they would have to get paid a lot of money due to the cost of living in your market, um, Sue. Well, they they do they do they do well. I mean, they've been, they've all been with us for a long time. So they're all doing well, the, you know, the more, and that's the thing, like the workshops for them, when they get getting people into the workshop, it's and so much easier to convert these. Um, the fact that we're doing, you know, we did 110 listing sites last year, this year, by the way, we're having our best year ever. We've already, I mean, it's March, it's April 1st, and we already have 159 million in sales on, under contract or close. Oh my goodness. So so we're way ahead of where we were last year. And last year was our best year ever. So the ISAs are doing really well on our team. How many, uh, when they're dialing, uh, do you know what the, how many people they speak with a day? Like what the I, contact I rate is? I Scott knows that. I know, I don't know. But all I know is they're setting up about eight listing appointments a week, each. Each? I don't Wait, I don't know if it's each. I take that back. I don't know. Okay. I really need Scott here. <laughs> but they're productive. They're doing, and, yes. And cold calling is working yes. for you. Yes. Here, here's what I think is important. Cold calling is working with you on top of direct mail, right, Chris? We talked about this in past episode. Cold calling is working on top of a direct mail presence. You do yes. a one-two punch. And when you're calling, the script is, I'm calling about a buyer I represent. Or I'm calling about, we just closed on your neighbor. We call around, we circle prospect around houses that we just sold to. So whether it's um, a buyer or a, sell, a seller that we just closed, they circle prospect neighborhoods to find more listings. Let's hear some scripts. Do you know them? Um, more or less. I mean, basically, um, 
we just closed on so-and-so's house and your neighbor at 123 Main Street, whatever their names are, it's better to say it by the person's yeah, name. Yeah, Becky's house down Becky's the street house, at 123 exactly. Elm Street by exactly. the, the Chevron entrance of the gas exactly. station. Yeah. Um, we had multiple offers, got $100,000 above asking price and sold it the first weekend. And, um, you know, we there were a lot of people who didn't get the house who were still looking out there looking for houses. And you might have heard we have low in, low inventory in our market right now. So do you or anybody you know, do you or anybody you know plan to sell in the near future? Um, or who who do you know? I don't, I don't know exactly because. Something I, I would, like that. I would I do much better if I this was an actual phone call. <laughs> this is yeah. I hate I hate scripts. I think everyone's thinking right now, how do I hire your CEO? <laughs> this guy sounds amazing. <laughs> I know, seriously. Hey, you gotta you gotta have the empire builder and the empire protector. It sounds like you've got the uh protector slash integrator. In, I know and you're the builder. But that's the thing, Chris. We said in the last episode that cold calling. It's just really hard and doesn't work. And it's just a, the results are going down. And now we're talking to Sue in a highly educated market, very affluent market, that cold calling is working. Chris, why? It's a great question. I mean, I, I, I literally went and sat with their inside sales team over the, over the past you know couple of weeks since we did the last episode. And we had somebody knock out on Mojo almost 800 dials with only seven minutes of talk time. Yeah, we just can't get people on the phone, can we, Chris? That's the challenge: is getting mm -hmm. people on the phone. So I think if I think if you have a um, you know a warm database, you're probably going to get no, and not probably you will you will get higher contact rates mm -hmm. with the warm database. But yeah. when you're doing just straight up cold outbound prospecting, you know what we're what we've seen since the beginning of the year, contact rates are way down. Typically, we you know we make a hundred dials and we would have eight to nine conversations, and now we're making a hundred dials and we have four conversations. Yeah. Yeah, I think because landlines, it's hard to get people through their landlines now. No one picks up. And then this, you know, the spam, uh, you know, most cell phones now, the cell phone carriers are being threatened by the federal government to get millions mm -hmm. yeah, of dollars. It's called, uh, it's called STIR, S-T-I-R, and SHAKEN, S-H-A-K-E-N. If you go Google STIR SHAKEN, that's what they put in place to like kind of uh, slow down the robocalls. Yeah which is not what we're doing. These are not robocalls, but it kind of may fall under the same pretense yeah, of yeah. calling lots of people. The, on, on the marketing side, um, Sue, I'd have to imagine you've got to be spending 10, 20, 30 grand a month on direct mail, maybe Facebook ads, something to Probably. build to build the um, the lead list because if I'm willing to bet if I set next to your ISAs, they're probably booking most of their appointments from people that are engaging with them via email mm -hmm. or they're even calling in as a result of the postcards and all the other things. Yeah. And um, it's probably like 80, if I had like what we're, what we're experiencing with our group in Austin and the other 17 uh, markets we're in is that um, like literally everybody across the U S is, you know, getting 70% of their appointments through inbound um, lead generation, attraction based marketing mm -hmm. and 30% yeah. coming from outbound. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, probably true with us too. And we do have, you know, we haven't really touched on our past client referrals too. So let's move to pillar number three. So pillar number one is workshops. I think we opened some people's minds on those. Has your mind been open today, Chris? It, it has, you know, I'm, it's fascinating. Something I was thinking about Sue was I mean, like, a thousand people. Could you, that's insane. Um, Sue, could you literally like get your listing agents to be in a position where like literally all they do is show up to get the listing agreements signed and you like hand it off to the transaction coordinator. And then it's like, bam, wham, you're done. Cause I mean, well, you they, have so much They leverage. basically do a walkthrough. Um, if it doesn't come back signed, we do a shop bus drop coming from me um, asking for the, you know, asking them to call me back. And then I want to find out how, how everything went and try to close it right there after she's been out. So mm -hmm. um so my admin will, my, yeah, my admin will drop a shout boss. So we don't let it just go there. I want to make sure that we're going to get it signed. Shout boss is a, a ringless. It's a, it's a ringless voicemail, right? Yeah. And we have pre-recorded. I pre-recorded a few of those. So here's the deal. Let's move on. So we talked about seller, a seller workshop strategy. Make mm -hmm. sure you listen back to that or read the transcript. A lot of good 
good stuff there. Then we layered that on with an outbound calling team, calling the same town, letting everyone know about the workshop, among other things. But that's also layered on a third pillar that you said of neighborhood. Essentially, I have a buyer letters. Mm-hmm. They're probably going out at the same time when you're holding the workshop. Yeah, we usually so, sell. We usually send two buyer letters a week. Okay, so let's break down what's a buyer letter and where does strategy even come from? Um, I mean, that's actually how I started my business because I moved to New Jersey. I didn't know anybody. So um, I, when I had a listing, I would, I'm sorry, when I, when I had a buyer, I didn't have any listings at the time. So I just sent out letters to find homes for my buyer and I got listings. And then I marketed for buyers for the listing. I mean, it's kind of just, you do one, you get the other, you know, that's, you have a buyer, you, you get listings, you have a listing, you get buyers and it kind of just builds from there. So. Okay. Not- so get, so you get, you have a buyer comes in from mm-hmm. your lead generation site and the buyer's like, yeah, I want to buy a home in this township. Yep. You're like, Hey, I'd love to, you know, let's get you under agency agreement, sign this, mm-hmm. which probably gives you permission. Let me use your likeness and let me use your story to market this fact that you're looking for a home. Mm-hmm. And you write up a letter about their story. I mean, yeah. how deep do you yeah. go on this letter? I mean, how, how well, much personal here's the information thing. So, do you devolve? So we're not allowed now, we're actually not allowed to say family. And the buyer letters have changed. Just like when buyers are submitting offers, we're not allowed to present those letters anymore. So we have to be really careful with those buyer letters. Oh, now. you can't use a cover letter on the offer agreement anymore? We're not supposed to. Uh, okay. I, I think that's all changing now. At least I, we're seeing I that know. changing in our market. So. And it's a new thing. It's a new thing. It's evolving right now, I would say. But um, so we actually just had the conversation this morning that the letters that we send out now, we're not going to say family of four or whatever. Yeah. We have to really be careful and not, not say things like that anymore. So um, I think we have to talk more about um, a buy. We have buyers from Brooklyn who just sold their house and are like, whatever it is, the story, you can still tell the story. Yeah, you're not using a protected class language. Exactly. In the story. Exactly. That's really important. Now I'd be careful. You put their with that. picture in there? Probably not. You can't. I don't think no. we can do all that anymore. No. Um, why, why can't you do this stuff? Um, I think there was a NAR article and it could violate fair housing. I'm not quite sure about that, but. All I know is that we're we're having these conversations now because we just don't know. And I might be, it's, you know, just it's, it seems paranoid like the, about it, but, you know, I just want to be careful at the same time. It's so, totally the, the principle of a transaction should be able to request you as an agent to do whatever they want. And so if the principle of the trans, uh, if the principle of a potential transaction says, I want you to send letters, here's my picture in the details. We're not allowed to present that to a seller right now with their offer. Okay. I, that, that much I do know. Uh, okay. Well, that's I, interesting. I yeah. That's a talk for your attorney. That's exciting. I, I, yes. I understand <laughs> what you're saying now. I thought you were referencing the letters you would send well, out to try okay. to draw in seller leads. Well, that's a conversation we actually just had this morning on our admin call. Um, and it's I don't know if it's the same thing or not. So I really do have to talk to an attorney about that to see if we you know, if we can still do it that way, or we just don't talk about the buyer specifically anymore. But you're still leading in it regardless with a light message. Yeah. 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 We can say I have a qualified, yes, yes. qualified, ready to go buyer, pre-approved. Yes. Yes. And And what they're looking for, you know, basically the whole key is you want to put bullet points in there of what they're looking for, what their criteria is. And I found that the more specific we are, the better response we get. So I think a lot of people send out those kind of letters, but they're very, they sound like you're just reaching for, you know, whoever, whoever responds, but we are pretty specific with our letters. You go into the list and say homes with a pool, without a pool, right? homes with, you know, X number of bedrooms. And the Mm -hmm. reason I'm writing you is because I think based upon my mailing list that you meet this criteria, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yep. You know, please give me a call. I can probably sell this thing real easily because I have a buyer. Now, yeah. let's say someone calls. Here, here's what you probably get. I don't know, but all right, wh- where's this buyer? Because I think it's a bait and yeah. switch. How do you handle the people that think you're baiting and switching them when they so, call back? So when we send out the letters, it's always talking about, it's always saying um, 
So is Abby on the Sue Adler team. I know Abby on our team has a buyer. So we always talk about a specific agent on the team who has the buyer because our Slack channel has the, the buyer agents on our team write it in the Slack channel, what their buyers are looking for. And um, so, so we do it, we do it that way. Then what'll happen is I will call or one of the other listing agents will call that person with that buyer agent on the call. Okay. Got so it. the first thing we do is we will show it to that. We're calling for that buyer. So the first thing we do is we'll show it to that buyer, but if it's not for that buyer, I like the listing agent to also be on that call because then, then we could talk about, well, moving forward, like, you know, this is really how the way you're going to get the most amount of money is to get your house Listed. actually on the market. Exactly. Yeah. And then so if the buyer actually wants to buy it, just a one day listing agreement, you get your commission. Yeah. And then guess what? I mean, we said we're going to sell that house off market with a commission letter and we'll get, I mean, typically we would get, um, it wouldn't be a full commission, but it would be a little under full commission. It wouldn't be just a buyer agent commission because we're still going to bring it to the closing table for them. That's great. How many of those do you mail? Like, give me an idea of the volume here. I'm just curious. Um, do you know? You know what we usually do? We look on the, you know, the UPS thing and the, the zip codes, like they have the um, the zip codes and the- Cour Courier routes? Yeah, the courier mail. routes, right. So I we usually just pick the ones right around the areas that they want. So it could be- 2000 for one letter. So you'll spend about two grand in a letter for a buyer then, because it's about a dollar a letter. Um, I don't even know what we spend, but they work. So it doesn't matter. I mean, <laughs> everyone yeah. just wants to know the whole, everyone wants to know who yeah. the COO is running all this. You got someone amazing. <laughs> I know him. his name's Scott. He's incredible. <laughs> All right, let's move on. So I mean, those, time. I mean, the numbers make sense, you know, like if you're sending 2000 per mailer doing it twice a week, 4,000 yeah. mailers a week times, you know, four weeks, 16,000 mailers, um, you know, make, and if, you know, if you, you got a very think specific so tailored it's message, not like it's not local, it's not, I have to mail month. Here's what I'm not hearing. Like I usually hear with farming. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to mail and mail and mail and like maybe six, eight months later, it's going to kick in. You send these things out and you get pretty immediate response. So yeah, yeah. Did everyone yeah, hear that? Yeah. Chris, should I say that again? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to tell you how much money I've wasted on farming. You know, this is not, okay. hey, let's put our brand name and be in front of people with that same boring kind of message. This is the number one agent in New Jersey sharing with you how to send a piece of mail out to get direct response, right? So yeah, I mean- <laughs> I thought everybody was doing this. <laughs> no, they're not. So that's that's incredible. So his response right away. Now let's add another pillar. So we talked about workshops. Let's move on. We talked about seller workshops and strategy there. We talked about layering on an outbound calling team, still working for Sue. All right. We talked about neighborhood letters. I have a buyer by leveraging the story to the legal extent you can that you have a buyer and to call, all right, in the neighborhoods that they want. And then finally, this is obviously the, the biggest pillar for you, which we say for last, but just because you know people kind of understand this, and the seller workshop was probably the most exciting thing today, but past clients and referrals. So, why don't you just share with the audience what do you do to generate listings from that side of your business? Um, so, I can't say we're great at it. Like a lot of it just happens, which we're we can do definitely better at that. My former listings manager, who, who just came back from maternity leave, we're actually going to have her running our past client database now, and because she developed all those relationships with a lot of these people. So she's going to be the one calling through and then setting up these appointments and, and taking those listings now. Um, but basically we do, we were doing a lot of events, but, and hopefully now we're going to start doing them again. Like we did, we do a pie day, like a lot of other people do. We also do pop buys, um, which we need to do more of. So that's something that we have scheduled for this year. Now that we can, so if everybody on the team is popping by with whatever it is, like a little, a little gift that we're going to get, um, like, you know, thank you for helping me grow my business and give them a plant for that, you know, whatever. I mean, we have to, we're coming up with this kind of stuff. I'm my marketing person's coming up with this kind of stuff. And then we each pop by and you have, you have 30 people that you're stopping. If you have a pop by day and you have 30 people that you're, um, popping by per agent on the team, including your admin, you're going to hit a lot of people. And people really appreciate that. They're home now too. So 
Um, but I would say that it's just, we make a lot of phone calls. I actually send personal emails to people. I send to my past client database. I send a lot of personal emails. Um, this summer we, with COVID, you know, with the, we, we did a lot of VRBOs this summer, and then we ended up deciding to build a lake house in New Hampshire. And so I was asking them, so what are you guys doing? Do you have any good VRBOs? These are the ones that I like. So just on a personal note with people, um, we called to ask some of the older people, um, do they need help with groceries? And we would stop by because if, if they didn't know how to figure out how to get groceries online during COVID, it was very difficult. So we would deliver groceries to people. So whatever it is that they needed help with, we were making sure that we were there for them. Um, just check-ins. I mean, we've been checking in with our database just to see how everybody's doing. I just talked to a past client yesterday. He just came out of having COVID and he's, um, you know, he's fine now, but he was on a ventilator, you know, which this yeah. is the kind of stuff like, so it's really checking in with people to see how they're doing. You know, it's not, it's not making business calls. That's going to come naturally. You know, some, something I, I think um, is kind of like the underbelly of everything that's being said today is the importance of using, <laughs> using your phone and calling people. Yeah. Um, I mean, you oh, email everything. I mean, it's yeah, really just, kind of everything. Yeah. Be proactive in your communication. Like you can't like, for example, with the, um, workshop you're doing, you can't just send postcards or probably just send the neighborhood report. Like yeah. you've got to get the leads. You've got to nurture them. You got to follow up with them when they do call and stay in front of them when they're ready to pop. Yeah. And then we also, um, have our hundredth home sale charity program. And so we call we call all of our clients do you have any local charities that are near and dear to you that we can enter into our program? So um, Pi Day, we ask them to bring, um, we donate to the local food bank. So bring bring food over. So people like to be able to help with the community. We were doing um, portraits on the portraits on the porch, porch portraits this year, which um, we took all the donations to, and um, we gave them to Flag, which is um, frontline so helping the frontline workers basically. And, um, but those were reasons to call our past clients. So anything with charity events or anything that we're doing, we basically call our past clients all the time and also to check in to see how they are. But it's easier. Share. It makes the conversations easier when you're calling about something, giving back to help other people. To compliment what, what Sue is sharing. Um, with the phone calls and the theme there of care calls, which you can call yeah. them, is um, just getting an email out to your past clients in Sphere, letting them know that you can help them sell their house. Um, so this is something you can send out in addition to your videos that you send out. Chris, same thing for you. This is something you send out. Chris, you've received, I've written for you, uh, one of my magical seller lead generation emails. Is that correct? I have, and I use them every quarter. Good. I have oh, the next. send me one. Would you guys like to hear the one that just came off the press last yesterday? Yes. Here it is. So I'll read this to you since you're listening on the podcast. This comes from your name and it says subject line spring 21, 2021 Austin. I'll use it for you, Chris. Home price update. Clients and friends, you're getting this email since I either helped you buy or sell a home here in the greater Austin area. You inquired about real estate with us or you're a friend or family member. Thanks for opening this. I want to let you know the Austin real estate market is the most active I've seen ever. This isn't a 2809 bubble either. Loan standards are pretty high. This is true buyer demand. Last year, there were X number of active homes for sale right now, but now there are only X, which is a lot less. And that's crazy. I actually just helped a buyer secure a you know, X point X 30 year home loan too. They were 18% in the 80s. So if you're thinking of selling your Austin area home this summer, you likely get the highest price ever for your home to date. Uh, just in the past X number of months in X County, we've seen the average sales price rise X. With the shortage of homes, I have several buyers willing to pay whatever it takes to get into a bigger home in a desirable location since so many people are working from home now. My phone rings off the hook. I may be able to arrange an off-market sale so you can skip the strangers walking through your home while still getting full market value at your price. 
So please call me at this number or reply to this email and let me know if you're thinking of selling your home. You can also check out what your home may be worth on our website. That's a hyperlink to your home value tool. I will give you a very, it will give you a very accurate idea of what your home would sell for based on the recent home sales of your neighbors. I pay a lot of money for this tool and it's free to you. You can also search all homes for sale in Austin on my website as well with photos that goes to your home search site. But here's the deal. The number one concern I'm hearing from my clients, however, is where will I move if I sell? <laughs> oh, I had the exact solution to this very problem and a few people know about it. I have a lender who can likely get you a bridge loan. Now for a few thousand dollars of interest, which is well spent, you can get cash upfront to buy your next home now without selling your current home first. Yes, it's possible to sell your house after buying now. This way you can make an all cash offer to beat out everyone else who are subject to getting a mortgage and skip the hassle of timing your closing dates and hot market. You simply move into your new home and then we sell your home. It's what the super rich do, but now it's possible for you. This is how smart sellers are buying their next home in this hot market. You get the certainty of buying the new home you want first and then selling your old one. So give me a call at this number. It's my son. Oh, stop teasing me. Just give it to me. Just, I'm not done yet. Send it out. I'm not done yet. <laughs> call me at this number or just reply to this email. I'll explain how it works. With that, I plan on continuing to send you helpful video updates what's going on in the Austin real estate market. You can watch my video blog right here. If you have any questions, let me know. I'll answer them. So if you're thinking about selling your home this summer, please let me know. I love it. I could point you in the right direction of what you need to do now to make sure it's a painless experience and you sell your home for the highest possible price. I know exactly what buyers are looking for. With a few cheap improvements, we can likely add thousands of dollars to your sales price. So stay in touch. Things are looking up after a crazy year this past year. I'm here to help if you need me. Thanks for reading this. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Man, that's good. <laughs> Send it over. The, the Dan Kennedy protege. Mic drop. Oh, that's that great, was really man. good. That was really good. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy. So hey, uh, I, I, I want to give a quick little um, tech plug um, for uh, for people listening and for maybe even you, Sue. Um, Sue's. Um, so one of the, obviously your database is huge. We've said this, we said that it's in the last episode, this letter you just shared would obviously you would get that, you know, sent to your database. Um, and, and as team owners, we know, you know, like, I, you know, put your contacts in your database, follow up, no brainer, but you know, getting your agents to do that is a little bit of a challenge. And um, there's a, 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 a if, if you use Google Chrome on the Google Chrome store, there's an extension on the Chrome store um, for most of the real estate CRMs out there called CBX. And it's a control panel that literally floats on top of Gmail. And when your agents are like conversing with friends or, you know, people they met on the weekend or whatever, if that, if that um, contact record in Gmail is not in the CRM, there's a little button that says, add this lead to the CRM. You can tag the lead and you can initiate a drip email. That way you're getting these past client um, you know, you're, the, the, like the thing that Frank just shared with us, you're getting that kind of content um, to your database. So um, it's a Google Chrome store. It's called CBX and um, it's, it's relatively new product that came out this summer. Um, and it works for all the real estate specific CRMs like, um, uh, let's see, Sierra, Boomtown, Firepoint, Lion Desk, I'm follow up hey. boss. Um, and um, it, but the best part, it's free. Um, the thing is free to download and, um, it'll help you get your agents to put their, their people in the, um, in the database and it just runs on top of Gmail. Cool. That's great. So, um, yeah. So for viral clients, for, for clients of viral marketing, reach out, we'll get that magical email. If you're not a client, give us a call and, uh, you know, said Frank said, send it out and I'll see if we can give you a free trial of it just because you get something like that, that was just written out to your house list. I mean, how many listing appointments from that one you did, Chris? That's so good. Yeah, my best, so the best uh, magical seller email, which I think this one may top it. I'm, I have high hopes for it. It's good, man. But um, the best one got us 13 listings. And, um, you know, it was, and we also got a, um, a distressed uh, flip deal out of it. I don't know if you remember me telling you about that. And so the, yeah. um, the total revenue from that one email was over $200,000. <laughs> Sounds good to me. That makes me feel really good. I mean, I wish I had the $1.5 million sale prices like you, um, Sue, Sue. but yeah. uh, 
I've got, uh, you know, the $300,000 price point. <laughs> well, well if, you, if you send that letter out, you have to take out the part. If you are in a high, if you are in a high price range, take out the part about the very rich because it'll come off not <laughs> <Yeah>. so good. <laughs> true. <laughs> well, because that's true. I mean, that's the thing is like the super rich are able just to do, go buy their next house. Right. And then they sell their old one. But right. for pretty much the rest of America, you can't afford to do that. But now with the bridge loan programs, it's possible. Right. No, yeah. it was a great letter. Yeah. It was a great letter. So yeah, well, you're, not everyone's selling into Manhattan. Sue, so. you run an incredible business. Like, yeah, I mean, you do. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not at Keller Williams, but you know, I've, I've heard all the hoorah about what a badass you are from being on stage with Gary Keller and everybody in the KW uh, network. And, um, and when I met you in San Diego, I was impressed. But like, man, getting into the into the mechanics and the and the weeds of your business, it's it's impressive to say the least. Sue, well, thanks thank for coming you. on the show and sharing all that to help everyone out. Really yeah, cool. It's my, ple- it's my pleasure. My pleasure. That's great. So thank you for having me. Well, stay tuned to the show. You can find the Listing Lead Show on Apple Podcasts now. Uh, also, listingleadshow.com. Uh, I'm really proud of the fact that uh, personally for me, it's really hard to get through an hour, less than an hour episode uh, to read it. And we have transcripts now, intelligently written transcripts for every single one of the shows. So if you prefer to read and get the information that way, you can download it on the listingleadshow.com. So thanks for listening. And thank you, Sue. Thank you. Good seeing you guys.